tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Right around the beginning of our fiscal year, which starts in July and goes till June, uh, we look and pray and our leaders look and pray and we seek to understand, God, what do you want us to focus on for the year? We know that our vision is to help people thrive as fully functioning followers of Christ, but in that, what is it that you want us to focus on? In this particular year, as our leaders gathered together, we really knew, we sensed from God that he wanted us to be us to be more missional, more involved in the mission that God has called us to, the, the being out there and sharing and showing the love of Jesus in our community. So we've been working that into all of our ministries and that and we knew this fall focus is a time to really hone in on that and what better way to hone in on that but then to follow Jesus in his steps and that's what the the, the, the name of the uh, Jericho mentioned this in the devotional that uh, steps following where Jesus leads and that in this Fall Focus has with it a devotional. Our life groups are all dialed in on this. And we Sunday morning, we're walking through in this particular series, we're going through the Gospel of Luke. Now, we didn't start right at the beginning of Luke. We'll hit some of the beginning of Luke this morning, but we'll be moving through Luke. And then during the Christmas season, we'll hit Luke 1 and 2, and there'll be a special devotional on that as well. But it's a fall focus. Now, though our weather is not too fall like even though today i'm looking out there and it's there's no sun out there there's some clouds so it maybe feels like fall but it's interesting to me that it has been a bit cooler and i've even seen people wearing their fall fashions you know i, I was out the other day and saw people full-on flannel shirts long jeans you know long no longer shorts but long pants and jeans and and even fluffy sweaters and some i saw wearing a down jacket now it was 80 degrees outside <laughs> But there was no sun. It was cloudy, but, you know, hey, that's Southern California. And, of course, what's synonymous with fall is uh, everything pumpkin spice. It's it's just part of that. It's hitting the stores. And I'm not sure why, but this flavor, this scent, this taste is everywhere, and it's permeating everything. And all kinds of products, I I got a few because it was just fun. I mean, there's pumpkin uh, spice flavored Oreos. Uh, There's a a pumpkin Febreze scent. There's pumpkin spice cookies. Those kind bars that are, uh, you know, chocolate and and pumpkin spice is there. There's pumpkin spice pretzels that are there. There's pumpkin spice, uh, they call them JoJo's from Trader Joe's. There's pumpkin spice O's. Like Cheerios, there's, there's pumpkin spice uh, oatmeal that's there. Oh, and of course, there's pumpkin butter. I'm not sure what that's like, but it's it. But the one that got me, the one that just, uh, I think they've gone too far. Is as I was looking over pumpkin spice, they came up with pumpkin spice wipes. <laughs> Flushable. Flushable wipes. Yes. And they do smell like pumpkin spice. Now, I'm not sure about you, but I'm not thinking that scent's supposed to be down there. I bought a three pack. I'll let you know how it goes. There's pumpkin spice everything. I don't know. See, now I got to try them. Oh, no, I have to. 
just because I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> but in, in, in thinking about everything influenced by pumpkin spice, it reminds me of an important step in our faith. Now you're thinking, whoa, how's Mike going to work this in? You will see. You will see. It's, it's one step that Jesus took and an example to us. 1 Peter 2, 21 says, for this you've been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving an example that you might follow in his steps. See, we're supposed to, the whole idea of the Christian faith is to follow Jesus and to follow in his steps. See, the Bible teaches us that God has great plans for us. Many of you heard Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, that is the Hebrew word shalom, which means peace, prosperity, but not prosperity as you might think of prosperity, but it's prosperity, in other words, having a, a sense of fullness and completeness in life, rich in understanding and knowledge and wisdom and, and satisfaction and security and all of that is, is wound up in that word shalom and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. God has that great plans for it, for us. But our unfortunate sin nature has separated us from God. Isaiah 59, 2, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God and your sins has hidden his face from you so that you cannot hear. And it's awfully difficult to experience God's great shalom plans for our life if we can't hear him or we're blocked somehow by experiencing that. Sin does that. There's a chasm between us and God and there's nothing we can do to leap the chasm or to bridge the gap. It's impossible for us, completely impossible. And that's why we need a savior. And that's why God provided a savior, his son, Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, who's the once for all sacrifice for our sin. First John 4, 10. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation. That word propitiation means atoning sacrifice. Because what Jesus did on the cross is he went to the cross. He not only lived to show us how to relate to God, but he went to God, went to the cross. All the sin of the world was dumped on him and he paid the ultimate penalty. The Bible says the wage of sin is death. And we've all sinned. So the wages of sin is death and it's all dumped on Jesus. He paid that ultimate price and died, but he didn't stay dead. He rose on that third day saying he truly is our savior and how we benefit from that, how that gap is bridged, how that gap is closed is by coming to a place of faith where we believe. We say, yes, I get it. I'm sinful. I need a savior and I know it's Jesus. And when that happens, we are part of God's family. We're connected. We're adopted into his forever family and given a new life. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Now we can have a lot of you parade up here and share your testimony that once you were this way, you met Jesus and now you're this way. Some of you, uh, you came to Christ later in life and there's a big difference. You saw how it was. Others of you have known Christ since you were little and that you, as you live your life, you see that you're very different from others that are out there who don't know Jesus. There's a change of life. And we now move forward as God's children. John 1, 12 says, but as many received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God. Now with a new purpose, not just existing to try to figure out our own life plan, but to get on with God's plan for us. Those, those, those good shalom plans he created us for. Actually, Psalm 139 mentions some, that in a, in a unique way. It says, all the days of your life are numbered. 
as God has knit you together inside your mom, all the days are numbered. He knows, and he's got these great plans for us, these shalom plans for us. And how we discover and live out God's amazing plans is to seek Jesus. Now, if you have your notes somewhere there, write down Matthew 6, That whole chapter talks about the disciples being so anxious about life, and yet Jesus gives her the answer in, in Matthew 6, He says, seek first the kingdom of God. That's Christ on the throne. That's Christ as our leader and Lord. And, and, all, and, 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 and his righteousness, his way of life, and all these things will be added unto us. And to follow Jesus in his steps, step by step following Jesus, that's our calling and our mission. And as we move forward in following Jesus, our mission in life becomes clearer and we live missionally. We live out God's call in our life, just like the disciples. Each one had different abilities, talents, and gifts. And as they followed Jesus in his steps, they discovered and lived out their God-given mission. And so can we. So over these next few weeks, we'll be seeking to take in and understand and, and, and follow the steps of Jesus, to step like Jesus, to follow where he leads. Now, one of those steps that Jesus took was to engage the Holy Spirit, to be immersed in the Spirit. Here comes the connection. I'm warning you. The, kind of like how so many things this season are immersed in pumpkin spice. Even the wipes. We are to be immersed in the Holy Spirit, to let him permeate every area of our life so that we too can reflect who he is and understand who he is and engage who he is. But Jesus, so Jesus was immersed in the spirit. Jesus also was led by the spirit and empowered through the spirit, leaving us an example to follow. For engaging and interacting with the Holy Spirit like Jesus allows us to live out our mission and be the people who God created us to be. So let's look into this step of Jesus as we kind of move through some verses in the gospel of Luke. But before we do, why don't you stand with me and let's pray. As we look at these, we're gonna find three unique steps of Jesus or three unique ways that Jesus uh, will engage the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. I just thank you for Jesus' example in life, Lord. If we can look at him and truly follow in his steps as that passage in Peter tells us to. Lord, we want to follow you, Jesus. Help us to discover that. And even today, as we delve in and look at this unique reality that you were engaging the Holy Spirit and using his power led by him and, and immersed in him all through your ministry on earth. Help us to learn from that and be part of that as well. Teach us what you want us to know, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can have a seat and encourage you to take out the uh, worship folder that Jericho mentioned to you this morning out of his fun little Cuba bag. Um, there's some blanks to fill in. The answers will be up on the screen. Uh, like I do, I give out a lot of extra verses, so I encourage you to pick up the study guide, which is in the lobby area. Out these double doors turn right, and there's a desk there that says has a bunch of resources on it uh, in there that, that I list all the different extra verses that are available that you can look at. There's also some great questions in here and what our life groups go through, and you'll want to be encouraging you to read this and, and looking up different verses about the Holy Spirit. There's some extra articles in there uh, that you might want to look into that they'll understand because our, uh, you would delve into so that you can understand because you know that's the, the reality of it is that Sunday morning is great you can
and take some notes and things like that. But what comes after is where you really engage the Holy Spirit and begin to work at these things and listen and, and do that. So we provided a section in our website called Revive in that there's a lot of helps in there and encouragements in there. And so I encourage you with that. And, and there'll be a link to our podcast, which we're, I think we're going to restart up this week and uh, encourage you with that. We go a little deeper and this, uh, this week's interesting. That'll be an interesting conversation about the Holy Spirit. Well, the gospel of Luke that we're going to be studying through this series together, gospel meaning good news, was written by Luke, uh, a medical doctor, according to Colossians 4.14. Uh, Luke also wrote the Bible book of Acts. Uh, Luke's perspective is, is more diagnostic. In other words, he's looking at it like a doctor, lots of cause and effect, very linear, giving proof that Jesus changes lives and is good news. Now, now um, Luke was not an eyewitness. Matter of fact, he mentions that in the very beginning of the book. If you turn over, start at the first chapter, the first verse, let me just read the first four verses to you and walk through them a little bit with you. Luke chapter one, verses one to four. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, that's being life with Jesus and what's been going on after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection and his ascension into heaven, there's a lot that's been going on. So Luke's saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring them together just as those who were from the beginning were eyewitnesses, meaning he was not, and ministers of the word was delivered them to us it seems good to me to have, also having followed all things closely from, for some time, some past time, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you've been taught. Now, we're not sure who Theophilus is. The, that name literally means lover of God. But, but it, so it could be to all Christians who love God or to all people who love God, or it could be directly to a person. There's a link uh, in the study notes if you want to go explore who the possibilities are. There's one possibility, which, which happens to be my favorite. That doesn't mean it's the, the right one, just the one I like. It, it says that, uh, that Theophilus was a high priest, uh, one, of the, one of the Jewish high priests of the day, somewhere between 37 to 41 AD, which would be unique and interesting and in why he wrote the way he did. So that could be. We're not sure. But even though Luke was not an eyewitness to the events of Jesus' life, Luke was a companion of the Apostle Paul. And in Acts, it seems uh, evident that he interacted with all the apostles. So he had a definite uh, secondhand uh, look at all of what Jesus did and talked to those who, I, who, who were eyewitnesses. Some say Luke was a Gentile, which means a non-Jew. And now we're not sure, but what's interesting is his writing takes up some 27% of the New Testament. He wrote more of the New Testament than the Apostle Paul, which is pretty outstanding, very influential. Yet Luke's gospel is one of the most detailed and insightful for, those, uh, for us to understand who Jesus is and how to follow him step by step. So let's look at these these three ways to engage the Holy Spirit like Jesus for engaging and interacting with the Holy Spirit like Jesus allows us to live out our mission and be the people God created us to be. The first way is to immerse, to be immersed in the Spirit like Jesus. Now you're in chapter one, so jump over to chapter three, looking at verse 21 and 22. Uh, Sean alluded to that or may have read that as we went through that. Now, when all were baptized, this is Luke chapter three, verse 21. When all were baptized, 
Now, when all people were baptized and and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens opened up and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came out from heaven. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. Now, John, John the Baptist was out baptizing people. And he had a call to, you know, he was dressed kind of strange and he would call and uh, ask people to repent of their sins. And, and he would call them to what's called a baptism of repentance. He called them down to most likely the Jordan River. In this particular case, it was the Jordan River. He called them down to the Jordan River and they would come, they would hear him speak about how they're not following God's way and will, and they need to turn from their old ways and follow God completely. And so people were being convicted and they came down and they, ba- they were baptized. And the word baptized means to dip into. And so they went into the water, completely immersed and came out saying, I was one way, now I'm going to be another way. It was a baptism of repentance. I'm repent of my old life and now I'm gonna be different. I'm gonna follow Follow God, And many people were doing that, tax collectors, uh, uh, centurions, all kinds of people, not the Cyprus centurions at our high school over here, but the cent- Roman centurions. And many were uh, following what, what the apostle, or not the apostle John, but John the Baptist was talking about. And here Jesus gets baptized. But Jesus was not baptized to confess sin and to repent and now follow God's way because Jesus was sinless is sinless, following God's will and way. Yet he wanted to be an example of this act and God used it to show Jesus, to show that Jesus was immersed in the spirit, that he was filled with the spirit. Ephesians 5.18 says this, do not get drunk with wine. In other words, letting wine influence you to take over your life for that is debauchery or a waste of time, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Now that word filled in the Greek is the, is the word picture of a sail on a boat being completely filled with wind. In other words, every crease, every uh, part of that is, 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 is open and the wind is filling every corner of that sail. And that sail now empowers and leads, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but, but, <clears throat> but it's a sense of being filled, full, immersed in. Actually, that word baptized, that means dipped into, was used with, with uh, dyeing garments. Garments were baptized when they were dyed, meaning that they, when they went into the dye, every part of that dye permeated the garment so that it came out completely changed. Kind of like how... Pumpkin spice is permeating every product of life. I even heard that there was pumpkin Twinkies. It just doesn't fit me right. Pumpkin Twinkies. I, I didn't have any out here because I just didn't, couldn't stand to buy them. <laughs> but it's it, 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 that, that idea that pumpkin spice does permeate every part of us. Part of us, the Holy Spirit needs to permeate every part of us and have an influence to take over us in all areas of our life. See, the Holy Spirit is like this incredible life coach to guide us through life. Jesus, in talking about the Holy Spirit, as recorded by the apostle John, says this in John 16, 13. Then the spirit of truth, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. The Holy Spirit is going to be like that great coach that will guide us. But the key here is, are we yielding, listening, 
following the Holy Spirit's coaching? Are we coming under his influence? We do that when we immerse ourselves into faith, into Jesus being the Lord of our life. Seek first the kingdom of God. Meaning we live our lives under the influence, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, if you've come to faith in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit with you. He's there with you, already ready, waiting to coach. The key is for us, are we willing to yield to him? Because now it becomes a daily choice if we will yield to his coaching, immersing ourselves in Jesus' teaching and aligning life Jesus' way. That's why I love our devotional. Because a lot of times we think that, okay, I just got to read my Bible. Boom, a verse a day keeps the devil away. And we read a verse and it's all great and we go from that. But yet that's good and they're still good in reading the scriptures. But where it really gets, you listen to the coach of life is when you interact with the Holy Spirit and you can. Some say, well, the Holy Spirit's not speaking to me. You're just not listening. Because he is, he always speaks. You know how I know so? Jesus said so. And Jesus never makes a mistake. You've been given the Holy Spirit. He will speak to you, but you have to be willing to listen. That's why I love the devotional because it's just the word of God. And then there's some editor's notes to help you understand what's going on. But then it's just really up to you to interact. Looking at a scripture, scripture, observation, application, prayer, that soap method we talked about and I've been talking about. It's the idea, you, you, you take this, the scripture that's reading today and you pray before you, you read it, you say, you know, and you interact with the Holy Spirit. Is there anything, God, you want me to learn from this today? Holy Spirit, help me see what you want me to see today. And as you're reading, all of a sudden one verse is gonna go, oh wait, wow, that, that, that's something about that verse. That's the scripture the Holy Spirit wants you to focus in on. And then you do the observation, that's some of the edited notes here, or you look at your study Bible and you go through that. And then here comes the, the meat of this, is when, when you and the Holy Spirit interact and, and walk through the application and he's willing to tell you and willing to teach you and willing to guide you, but you have to be willing to listen and open yourself up and not just simply, woo, gotta get this done, read it away, woo, it's all done, but to actually take some time to interact. That's where we gain from the Holy Spirit's coaching in our life. That's being immersed, dipped into, and really resonating with the Holy Spirit. It's great to read the Bible, but the, the meat of it is when we interact with the Holy Spirit. That's where it happens. Now, the Bible mentions that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30 says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You're sealed when you come to faith in him and you're sealed in that way. We grieve the Holy Spirit when we choose to listen to other influences and not follow God's will and way. Matter of fact, just if you want to, I'll turn to, but you can too. Ephesians chapter four, uh, verse 30, but I want to look at verse 31 because the, the, the choice to really engage and, and, and be immersed in and to listen to Holy Spirit is when we push aside the old way of life and accept the new way that God wants us to. So, and that's what happens in verses 31 and 32. It says, you know, verse 30 says, don't grieve with the Holy Spirit. We're in Ephesians 4. It says, and then verse 31 says, let our bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. That's the old way of life. We need to stop doing that. Stop listening to that. Those things that move us that direction, but we need to listen to God. Verse 32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. And that's the idea of, of, of listening to the Holy Spirit is, is not, not list, don't grieve him by continuing to act in the old style of life, the, the, the sinful way, the way of the world, but the, the act towards the way God wants. 
that new life that he's given to us, that we can go through that. When we don't follow God's teachings, we grieve the spirit, but we also quench the spirit. As 1 Thessalonians 5.19, the verse just says, don't, grieve, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't put out its fire, his fire of teaching in us. It's when we ignore the Holy Spirit's leading and empowering. When I was in a high school, we had driver's education as part of our curriculum in school. Anybody had driver's education in school? Yeah, did any of you ride the simulators? Yeah, no, I did never got to do that. Because in my particular segment of, uh, of that, those of you who are younger and what's a simulator, ask somebody who's older. <laughs> you may, they're in the archives of the ancient of days. There was a little tiny box that looked like a steering wheel and you had a screen up. It's kind of, it was big technology. Um, now video games are far, far more technolo technologically sound. Anyways, so I was in a car <clears throat> with two other people that had never been behind the wheel ever. They'd never driven. They were actually kind of scared of driving. And here we are, we're out driving all day long. And the instructor, the driving instructor would give them, hey, turn right, turn right, turn right. And then a couple of times he would take the wheel so we wouldn't get hit. Other times the, the one would say, a, a brake, the driving instructor would say, brake, brake, brake. And he had a brake on his side and he would stop the car because so we wouldn't get hit. Uh, many times, and it's happened more than once, mo actually most time we went out driving, um, the, the two of them would start crying and that, and they would be getting the backseat and the guy would say, Mike, just take us home. <laughs> so I was having time in my life. I drove most of the time and having a wonderful time. But the, 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 the idea behind this or the thought is that the driving instructor was grieved. He really wanted to teach us all how to drive, but because they were not willing to learn, it grieved him. The Holy Spirit wants to take us on all kinds of adventures in life and equip us to really fulfill God's calling and mission on our life. Plus to grow us in faith and help us to be, yes, that good driver of life, but also develop and produce those good uh, fruits of the spirit. Do you want a verse for that? Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Those are all areas and aspects and qualities that the Holy Spirit builds into our life and was looking to do that if we're willing to take in his coaching. How could we be more immersed in the spirit like Jesus? Now, though, though Jesus was fully God, it was through the Holy Spirit's power, he did his ministry and lived his earthly life. That same power we have available to us to live our earthly life as we follow Jesus listening to the spirit, listening to his coach, interacting as we go through the scriptures, hearing his voice and moving. And the Holy Spirit doesn't speak to me audibly. I'm sure he can, but he gets that sense within me and it moves me forward in that way of walking in steps, being immersed in the spirit for engaging and interacting with the Holy Spirit like Jesus allows us to live out our mission and be the people God created us to be. The next way to engage the Holy Spirit like Jesus is to be led by the Spirit like Jesus. Uh, you're in Ephesians now. Go back to Luke. Now chapter four, verses one and two. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, in other words, immersed in the Spirit, full like that sail is filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, listening to the Holy Spirit. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, where he was baptized, Jordan River, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. 
And when they had ended, he was hungry. <laughs> At the end, he was hungry. Uh, more like he was hungry. I mean, I don't know about you. Some of you are hungry right now for lunch. You, even though he had breakfast, he was 40 days. But as the spirit descended on Jesus, he was directed, he was coached, and he followed the Holy Spirit's leading right into temptation and difficulty. That happens sometimes. Because a good coach knows how to train and build what is needed. Now, Jesus is perfect, so he was not in need, but he used this opportunity to train his physical body. He ate, he slept, he sought God in prayer, he took time to rest, he celebrated God, and he listened to God, being led by the Holy Spirit, because the Spirit leads. Jesus made reference to that in, in, in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, when he was back at his hometown, and as was his custom, he, any town he went to, he went to the synagogue. So he went to his hometown synagogue, and they say, hey, why don't you do a reading and share a little bit afterwards? So Jesus picks up the scroll of Isaiah, and if you want to turn over to verse 18 of chapter 4, this is what he says. He pulls out this particular passage. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover the sight of the blind. <coughs> To set, at excuse me. <clears throat> to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Rolled it up and sat down. They're all waiting to what he's going to say. Everybody there knew that passage, this passage from Isaiah, speaks of Messiah. This one amazing king priest that will come and really set everything straight. They were looking more for a, a military leader, and yet Messiah is more of an all-encompassing leader in our life. And Jesus sits down and he says in verse 21, and he began to say to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Basically saying, hey, I'm Messiah. Now, some didn't quite get it until he went down through some illustrations you can read on because what he said later on really ticked people off and they wanted to throw him off a cliff. Didn't happen, but he, he uh, was pressed that hard. But Jesus claimed to be Messiah there, but also that the Holy Spirit was on him and that anointed him. In other words, empowered him or led him. And he was, he was being led by the Holy Spirit. Jesus chose to be under the influence of and be led by the Holy Spirit. For us, it's much the same as we follow the Spirit's guidance, letting the Spirit lead in our life. This happens in those moments when we're interacting with God in, the, in those times of scripture or in prayer, we're interacting with him. Uh, and, it, and it, as we take in God's word, Jesus again, as John records in John 14, 26 says this, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you. In other words, he's going to lead your understanding so you can go forward in all things and bring them to your remembrance. All that I've said to you, not only that, that the Holy Spirit leads in conviction to us. Verse uh, eight of chapter 16 of John, when he comes, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And that Holy Spirit will coach us. But we need to listen. We need to listen to his guidance and his teachings. How many of you uh, watch cooking shows? Cooking shows. Some of them are like, you know, Iron Chef, they're, they're, they're competitions or, or things like that, or a British baking show or things like that. In those times, when they go around, some of the experts actually give the contestants some advice. And it's, it, makes, it makes good TV when they just kind of blow off, say, oh, I know what I'm doing, I do it myself. And then there's an epic fail, and we love those. 
Um, but they don't want to follow the coach's lead. Yet God has given us the greatest coach ever in life, the Holy Spirit, to work with us individually and help show us in life. And we need to stop and listen. Why wouldn't we? But the problem is we start asking for help in certain areas and we don't want to listen to the Holy Spirit's advice, like, like in the area of finances. We start praying about our finances. Oh God, help us in our finances. And what we're thinking is just give us more. If we just had just more, we'd be all right. But we start reading scripture and it doesn't talk about more. It actually talks more about giving and being sacrificial in our giving and being generous. Oh, I don't want to hear that stuff. I just want more. See, are we going to listen to ourselves or are we going to listen to the Holy Spirit who brings up the word of God and has his challenge? It goes the same way in growing deeper with God. Oh God, bring me to a deeper relationship with you. And we want just kind of zap, all of a sudden it happens. And yet when we read scripture, that happens when we roll up our sleeves and begin to serve God. As we begin to serve him, whether it's, and you have opportunities, getting water, being involved, handing out water, being involved in any of the ministries here, reaching out to your neighbors. The whole Bible is packed full of ways to serve God. I mean, ask anybody who's been on a mission trip. They'll tell you how deep they've gone with God because they rolled up their sleeves and they served him. Oh, we don't want to hear that. We want it our way. It's the same with, with, with friends. We want all these friends to all of a sudden just come running to us. Oh, you're my best friend. Yes, be friends, you're friends. And yet what this Bible teaches about relationships, it's a lot about sacrifice and about caring about their needs more than our own. It's about empathy and all those things the Holy Spirit teaches us. The key is, are we attentive to what the Spirit is saying? Or we just want it our way? Coach Holy Spirit will guide us if we're listening for engaging and interacting with the Holy Spirit like Jesus allows us to live out our mission and be the people God created us to be. Jesus was immersed in the spirit. He was led by the spirit. And one more way, Jesus engaged the Holy Spirit by being empowered through the spirit like Jesus. Luke 24, 49, Jesus is about to ascend to heaven and he has gathered his disciples and, and giving them instructions. And in verse 49 of Luke 24, he says this, behold, I'm sending the promise of my father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with the power on high. That power on high is the Holy Spirit. In the Bible book of Acts, it's recorded like this, Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Luke 4, when he had come back from being accosted by the enemy, the devil, and yet came out victorious. In verse 14, it says, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee and report, a report about him went throughout all the surrounding country. Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit. And since Acts chapter two, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit when we come to faith. We're given the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians 3, 16. Do you not know that your body, that, that you are God's temple and that, that God's spirit dwells within you? And, and that indwelling empowers. I'm gonna list a bunch of verses. You can get these in a study guide, but you can look them up later. But they, they, they say that, we, that indwelling empowers. It empowers us with direction. Acts 13, two talks about that. So does Acts 15, 28. The spirit gave direction in, in specific directions and situations. Some of you have experienced that. The spirit gives deliverance, Philippians 1, 19. The spirit gives encouragement, Acts 9, 31. 
the Spirit gives us ability to share Christ. Acts 1.8, you'll be my witnesses, he says. He will empower us to that. 6.10 says the same thing. He changed, he'll change us to be more like Christ. We will be conformed to the image of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And he'll produce in us those qualities called the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, and so on. As Galatians 5.22 and 23 say, all empowered from the Holy Spirit. Yet it takes us engaging him, interacting with him, learning from him, listening to him. Let the power flow through us. It's flipping on that switch of saying, I'm, I have a willingness to gain from this coach and it's gonna take practice because we're not all of a sudden sapped into perfectly loving others. I don't know about you, but I've been a believer a long time and I'm still learning. <laughs> and it, 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 it takes that constant coaching of the Holy Spirit. Some of us have some really bad habits that the spirit needs to work out of us. And he is, but it takes practice and willing to learn and listen for engaging and interacting with the Holy Spirit like Jesus allows us to live out our mission and be the people God created us to be. Jesus set us an example that we should follow in his steps. One step is to engage the Holy Spirit, to let him permeate our life. A lot like pumpkin spice permeates everything. I even saw that there was pumpkin spice deodorant. <laughs> I didn't buy it because I'm afraid I'd have to try it. <sighs> but let's, let's let the spirit permeate our life like it did Jesus. Immersed in the spirit like Jesus, led by the spirit like Jesus, empowered through the spirit like Jesus. For engaging in interaction, interacting with the Holy Spirit like Jesus allows us to live out our mission and be the people God created us to be. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you for just the example of Christ in this. Lord, there's so many things that Jesus did that we can follow and this realizing that he functioned in the power of the Holy Spirit just like we can is amazing. He was willing to empty himself and to allow him to be using the Spirit's power just like us to leave us an example to follow. And so Lord, may we do that. May we be immersed and led and empowered through the Holy Spirit, by listening to this coach, by really delving into understanding, interacting with those times with him. Guide us and direct us in that, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.